Warning, Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Everybody to Supernatural: The Crossroads on Rain Man Digital Crossroads 003. I am your host Thomas Cowley. Joined with me today is Ryan Denton, Yolo, and Michael Flores. Holler. And we just want to give you guys a quick heads up: we are no longer using the Rain Man Digital app. Rest it, in peace. It has been discontinued. But for those of you who like live show notifications, do not yet fret. You can now text RMD six nine two five zero five nine seven. And receive standard text messages whenever a live Rain Man show, Rain Man digital show is about to start. So make except sure you guys. Except for today, because I forgot, for today, I forgot to send it out. Well, also the internet like shit the bed like five minutes before we were supposed to start. Yeah. So my, when it's not, my case for the really, really slow internet. So we it's just like, a hamster in a yeah, wheel. Yeah. He's got three hamsters back here. <laughs> he doesn't feed them. Mexican internet. Is Mexican what, internet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's. <laughs> So today we were talking about... Are Mexican hamsters different than regular hamsters? They're chihuahuas. <laughs> <laughs> today we were talking about season 14, episode 12, Profit and Loss. Episode 299. Episode 299. One away <laughs> from the big fucking everyone's been waiting for episode. But at the same time, this one was still fucking pretty damn good. It's another one of Eugenie Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner's arguably very best scripts. They have, I don't know what it is, whether it's it's Dab cracking the whip or as we've theorized mm. on other pre-shows, other people cracking the whip. Ooh. Something has happened because they are genuinely putting out some really good content these last couple of episodes on human nature we had said was their best work and now here profit and loss we might have them top themselves within the same season it's nice to it's nice to talk in a positive light about them <laughs> well especially because they're for the most part the uni- they're universally just they're the, everyone's on. boxing bag kick- they're the, bag. they're the whipping boys of the writing room it seems yeah. like when it comes to the fandom even though they have done very pretty, well lately they've done some pretty good work in the past they've had some issues some some bumps in the road but yeah thomas this episode might very well be an example of some of their greatest work well not just that it's an example of everything we love about this show i mean the the cinematography is great the road so far intro was kick-ass with the music as well the music throughout the episode was very very good very unsettling at the right, exactly right moments Sound design, production design, directing, like it's just everything we like. I remember watching this one and just being uncomfortable with 
because I was in a public place when I watched it. And I was like, I wonder if somebody's going to, I was at Starbucks. I was, <laughs> oh, I was like, where, 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 I'm like, where? the beginning, I'm like, this is kind of dark. Somebody is going to think I'm watching some like fucking like, violent yeah, movie violent murder <laughs> of the day. It, it was, it very was unsettling. And I think the, when I watched the opening, because you know how you're used to like the opening and you get the blood splatter and you get the blood splatter on the wall or whatever. Yeah. This was like, I was like, um, okay, this is. This is dark. dark. Yeah, this is dark. Okay. But it wasn't just the imagery. Like a lot of times the later season, seasons of Supernatural just rely on that classic blood splash yeah. and some beheading or some violence. This episode didn't just rely on actual imagery. It relied on everything that you should rely on when it comes to putting together a scene. You had the sound design, the cinematography, the score everything the acting it all worked together to deliver such a powerful teaser that ended up bleeding into just a fantastic episode yeah yeah and even little touches like how it visually told the story within those first couple of scenes is is beautiful but you know we've said this many times so far this season this season has been doing very very well it has everything so far going in a positive direction in many ways this might be you know knock on wood oh. but we've had Kripke's one through five run we've had right. season 11 this might be another high-end contender in many respects yeah. so long as they continue down the route that they have set up and I don't yeah I don't disagree I think obviously we had our little stumble last last week but I mean in in theory I mean if you even look through seasons one through five there's always one stumble like there's always one stumble and, and nothing's perfect. Nothing's perfect. And I think that, you know, we were a little concerned after, after last week's episode, but this right here got us firing on all cylinders. I think, you know, it, it, it had the imagery. It had the, the story. I mean, it had the, the, the quintessential story for supernatural and using what's going on in the episode to, to uh, parallel what's going on with Sam and Dean. And I think that's, we always typically like those, those mm-hmm. episodes. So I think that's, um, that was huge uh, in this episode for sure. Well, I think I think it all can be said with that teaser bit of Dean trapped in the Malik box. I mean, first of all, talk about depressing as fuck. Well, I think <laughs> the thing that that scared me the most about that was the sound of the box sounding like it's actually creaking under pressure. Because mm-hmm. obviously, we know he's going to get thrown in the ocean, right? So. Like just the sound of the metal creaking, like that always was such an eerie thing for me. Like even, even watching like movies like submarine movies where mm-hmm. the submarine, you can hear the the metal creak. It feels, well, the thing about the metal creak, whether it's a submarine or a boat or, you know, some kind of cruise ship and some of those other kind of corny or haunted movies and stuff, the, the strength behind that is that it feels, you're so at the mercy of the ocean and it feels like this behemoth, this monster, this, yeah. this, you know, what's the... Judah and the whale? No, not Judah. Um, Jonah and the whale. Jonah, yeah. Like you are just about to be consumed by this thing so much as it looks at you the wrong way. And I think the beginning teaser captures that vibe perfectly. You've got this just absolute pitch black darkness. These both visually and and thematically with the heavy orchestra st- strings with the cello and the eerie violin in the very beginning – all of it painting this picture that he is in the belly of the beast. He is is surrounded by death on all ends. And with the creaking and, and the dripping of yeah. the sound and that any moment something could go wrong. Right. And then the light goes out. 
I, like, that's fun. fucking great. Yeah. That's a strong, strong opener. Not just for Supernatural, but for this episode and the story they want to tell. I mean, Absolutely. What other better way than you're in the belly of the beast? You are in the heart of all this danger. I'm. There's nowhere to go. Honestly, I feel like this might be one of the best depictions of their own hells. We've seen different iterations of that. We've seen Dean in actual hell. Which during is, what, three, three, I believe. End of season three. The end of season three, the season finale. But th- just the way they kept it on Dean and we saw the struggle and a sense of panic, maybe even regret that he decided to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, which a lot of people say when you go through with a life threatening action like this, many times you end up regretting it when it's too late. Yeah. And it was just such, it was so powerful. And it was, for me, it reminded me of the scene in Kill Bill where Bud's character buries the bride alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you hear every single sound of, of sand dirt. dropping yep. Yep. on the top of the coffin. Yep. And they keep you in the dark. And this scene was very reminiscent of that. It, I mean, my hat is off to the Foley and sound design people who put that scene together because that's what sold the scene. I mean, yes, Dean's acting is fantastic, or Jensen Ackles' acting is fantastic. Cinematography in that tiny area was fantastic. But mm-hmm. what really sold it was the fucking sound design. Absolutely it was. Because you're right. I thought of the Kill Bill scene as well. Even his hands bloody trying to smack at the door is exactly from Kill Bill Volume 2. Yeah. And it's just, it's a terrifying concept. It's a terrifying image no matter how you slice it. So, great start for the fucking beginning of the episode. And we're going to get into, you know, the theme of what that means and and how it actually, we talked a little bit last week about how we felt like we were missing some of the fear theme throughout the most recent episode to some degree, but it definitely comes back in full force here and in a way in which every other side character story that matters is again playing into what is going on with the main myth arc. Again, we're sticking to side characters, supporting actions, supporting the actual narrative. Huh? What? <laughs> yeah. That's fucking our own running joke this season. <laughs> but, of course, we've got some news first, and that Supernatural has been renewed for a 15th season. Yes. <laughs> Which means we got renewed. <laughs> That's the most important part. Fuck Supernatural. Oh, shit. Just kidding. <laughs> That's how some people thought. That's why I'm playing it, Thomas. Yeah. This is how I felt. That was you. You came in his hands like that? (laughs) Like you didn't a little bit. And on top of that, CW Boss has reinforced the idea that he's open to a (laughs) spinoff. No, we're not going to come up. But has also made peace with the fact that it could just be Sam and Dean. But either way, that is a positive bit of news. Ryan, can you give us a little bit more? Yes. So uh, I'm just glad that Pedowitz changed his tune. Like, because last year he's like, like, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we're done. Now he's all, "Eh, I'm open to pitches. Good. So Pedowitz said. (laughs) I like how he's like a CEO that just kind of like, I don't know. How do I feel today? Fuck it. Pretty much (laughs) what it is. Oh, my God. Uh, So Pedowitz said at TCA, as long as the ratings hold up and the guys, uh, obviously Jared and Jensen, want to do it, it's really that simple. They have created something about about these two brothers that actually transcends. as a key reason why Supernatural has remained on air is that 
uh, a great launch pad for uh, CW shows. The show has been in, uh, in, been the lead in or lead out to all the successful shows on the network, said Pedowitz, about Supernatural's uh, Thursday night slot. It has one of the most balanced audiences. <laughs> has he seen the audience? Well, that's something interesting to say because we talk about. <laughs> has he been on Twitter? It's something we talk about with the chances of the show getting renewed and, and <laughs> demographics as a whole as to why it's done well. That is something that we may not have considered before. The fact that it does have a older audience and a younger audience as it's gone on, it has a very eclectic group. It can be it kind really of a does. funnel yeah, to does. bring other. It says the CW tried to crack a supernatural spinoff. Obviously no with wayward sisters uh, at the May, 2018 upfronts. Pedowitz said that the spinoff with wayward sisters uh, at the May 2018 upfronts, Pedowitz said that the spinoff was a no-go, but always welcomes the pitch from Supernatural EPs about the expansion of the franchise. At Summer TCA, Pedowitz said that Supernatural is such a great franchise, he believed that there may not, uh, there may not be a franchise beyond that. Um, Deadlight asked Pedowitz again today whether there was a, any shot of Supernatural spinoff giving that it's going a 15 season strong. He says, I'll say it again. If there was a spinoff to be had, I'd love to have it. He said that. Uh, that said, I've come to somewhat of a conclusion that the show is the two brothers. Um, well, of course the show is about yeah. the two brothers. That's, that's not even in question. We're talking about a spinoff by the very de- definition. Pedowitz should know the difference. I, I think he's just trying to he's, move to the next question. Yeah. He's heard this question way too much. He says, speaking yeah. uh, to the future of supernatural Pedowitz said, if I can find a way that the show stays the whole time on and still holds up and the audience can figure out how to do it. We're all in. Um, exclaim. Uh, he says, exclaim Pedowitz about his supernatural success. I'm just happy. I'm alive. What I think fucking. Okay. Hold on. Uh, let me, these are, these are what we call con quotes. These are quotes to get past the question. So he doesn't really yeah. have to answer the question. Right. So he can go on to the next question. And then he just does that for the next question. This guy's a, a, a serial con question answerer. He, he's they, a pro. He's I, a pro. I think that's yeah. smart to have, frankly, for this audience. Yeah. yeah there's say, a lot of, because what has he said that ultimately people give a shit about the show is going to keep going as long as people involved want to do it. I'm open to the idea of a spinoff so long as it's good and people want it. But wayward sisters. <laughs> and again, but Claire. Again, well, Claire's moved on. She's in Detective Pikachu. She's been in a couple other movies, including Blockers. So like, can they just kill her? Can we just have her die? I think that's what everyone wants. Uh, anyway. The actress seems that's not to, what everybody wants, Ryan. That's Is not it? what everyone wants, but it seems that she's making a move at this point to want. broaden her horizons, which is fair as she to her. Should. As she should. She's young. She has no reason not to. If she doesn't have a TV show, it's not paying the bills, then why should she stick around for another, a third attempt yeah, at a maybe? And then turn the con circuit into her career. She's smart. Don't do that. Yeah. So I actually applaud Claire for having some integrity. What's yeah. her real name? You applaud the actress, I not the actual her. character. I forgot her name. Yeah. Uh, Novak? No. <laughs> Jesus. I forgot. Claire, Claire Novak. Novak. Her, that's her character name. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, no, but I applaud her integrity. You yeah, know? absolutely. She's, she's not waiting for the easy paycheck. She's, hey, I'm going to. I'm going to go get it myself. This is what I want to do. I want to act. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. And I, I think Pedowitz is smart to just keep it kind of that level, that surface level answer for right now, because truth be told there is no other answer until something dramatically changes until jared or jensen come in and say i don't want to do this anymore i don't want to do this anymore or or this cw just shareholders are like you got to axe this show for whatever reason there's no reason not to just keep that as your your 
hand out that card at every interview and just say, here's my answers to these two questions that you keep fucking asking me. But with that, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into our discussion of Season 14, Episode 12, Profit and Loss, in just a moment. Come listen, you fellas, young and so fine, seek not... The Crossroads Videocast is here. Retrospective reviews, discussions, theories, and geek out. All available when you pledge $10 or more a month to our Patreon account. Same show, just more of it. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital to play. Holodeck 3 program is reinstated. Open sesame! I didn't even think of that until you said it. That Ash Tyler is that archetype. He, he is, is that archetype. He's the seven of nine, but he's he, different because think about think how think how different and terrible as a character that must feel like being part human and part Klingon. You are dealing with something that wants to has, kill. Do you think he has two dicks like the Klingon? <laughs> Yo, Burnham, <laughs> I grew my other dick back. I grew, I grew my other dick I back. I know when we were together, I didn't have it. I'll give you But a now spider. that I'm not trying to hide, they let, they allowed it to grow back. My Klingon DNA took over for a little bit. <laughs> just in the penis area. Just so I got, penis area. I got one 9-inch penis, and I got one 12-inch penis. Look out. <laughs> Look out, ladies. I put a baby in Laurel. Oh. What do you think I could do to you? I put a baby in Laurel and a baby in Burnham at the same time. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that devolved very... Very quickly. Star Trek from the Holodeck, exclusively on Rain Man Digital. End simulation. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, DEAL30, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD, plus free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code DEAL30. Again, that's DEAL30 because without it, no free stuff. That's DEAL30 at adamandeve.com. Get more Supernatural Crossroads every month with the Patreon-exclusive shows. Retrospective reviews starting with the very first season, special specialty shows, bonus discussions with additional thoughts and topics not included in the regular show, and more. By subscribing, you help us maintain the quality of our shows, and it keeps us in the studio. So head on over to patreon.com slash Digital and, and subscribe. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads... Supernatural star Samantha Smith previews Mary's romantic reunion with John. Oh, man, they fucking. <laughs> well, how did you feel about the four pages of graphic sex in the script? Well, you know, yeah, it was great. I got some good penetration. <laughs> I got Bobby, some good penetration. Bobby was watching in the corner. John, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan's like, yeah, you know what? I've been slaying zombies for like the last three years. I didn't mind slaying some pussy for a while. <laughs> Uh, at least her leg wasn't backwards and on fire like it used to be. Oh, 
<laughs> like that's his only memory of his he wife. He only yeah. remembers that. <laughs> that's all. I mean, what else could he remember? Well, she did look hot, all strung up on that roof. Yeah, like, dude. And not hot because I like the I'm not up. I like to push let girls' legs back like that. Okay, break them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this comes from Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> For years, someone called the police. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> someone needs to check his house. Nah, dude, there's no dead bodies in there. Okay, sure. I yeah, gotta... but if you see a bucket and a rope in his basement, then please. <laughs> it's the notion of skin. Oh god. For years, fans have wanted Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Welcome back, everybody. Supernatural season 14, episode 12. Profits and loss. Ryan, can you give us a synopsis, you penis? I <laughs> sure can. Uh, this was directed by Thomas J. Wright, written by Brad Buckner and Eugenie Ross Lemming. And uh, the synopsis, while Sam and Cassiel try and talk Dean out of his plan to thwart Michael, Donatello's condition is having a terrible effect on other potential profits. Now, we spoke earlier about the beginning of this episode, the opening sequence that was frankly, brilliant in many respects and relied a lot on what Supernatural has, what has made Supernatural successful. And I know we blow him a lot on the show to the point where our jaws hurt. Thank you, Ryan. You're welcome. But <laughs> when you stick to what Kripke did in the first five seasons and steal from there, if anywhere, you're usually going to have a success on your hands. And I think that is one of Dab's strengths, that he does go back to those original seasons and take from there when he knows that it's going to help out with what he's trying to tell. Mm -hmm. And with the opening teaser with Dean trapped in the Malik box, they stated very clearly the the theme or the the concept of this episode that they were going to stick to, which is being trapped. I mean, literally we have him trapped in a coffin at the bottom of the ocean where you will live forever, never dying, never escaping. That is a fucked up idea entirely. And something straight out of like Stephen King and Lovecraftian horror, where it's like, there is no end to your pain. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. And, and I can't imagine that thing's going to last forever without having some sort of breach where water gets in or something. And I, like, so then when Michael does allow him to like survive, it'll be this drowning, horrifying pressure crushing pain Ugh. for eternity. Like, can you imagine like being in a box and the water's coming in and like for, like you said, for all eternity and you basically have the drowning feeling. Yeah. That'd be horrible, Ugh. dude. Yeah. It might be the worst experience that Dean, if this happens to Dean, this might be the worst experience he's ever gone through. And, and right. they definitely made that clear with the ending with Sam's reasoning behind, dude, you got to fight this. This isn't the end. Mm-hmm. You know, got to have faith. You got, you can't give up. This is at least in hell. At least when he was being tortured in hell, he got a chance to do yes. some torturing. Like they stopped for a half minute, right? Because a demon wanted to talk to him and wanted to get him to torture some other human. <sighs> Honestly, this, this is, is worse. This parallels what's going on with Adam in the cage. It really does. It really does. Yeah, I would say the cage is the only place that's comparable to this, mm-hmm. and. Because if it can drive an archangel mad, I could imagine eons of this kind of torture would drive alt, alt, uh, you know, Apocalypse Universe Michael mad. And it's it is you know kudos to whoever came up with that concept because they first allude to this kind of feeling by saying that Dean felt like he was drowning in his own body through episodes one and two. Yeah, 
and then to have it actually be that's the fate that you're stuck with. And one of the most existential crisis terror-inducing concepts that the show has ever introduced. Bravo. Yeah. Well, just everything was was firing on all cylinders in this episode, in my opinion. The idea, the theme, trapped or being mm-hmm. trapped. From there, everything else just follows suit and strengthens the established theme of the episode, which does work nicely with the theme of the season. Of the season so far. Which is fear. It yeah. goes right and it goes hand in hand with that concept. And taking that theme of being trapped, they went ahead and built upon that by creating a sense of claustrophobia. And that's why I love that opening teaser. Dean being trapped, but also the the chosen camera angles during mm. Sam and Dean's conversation after Dean woke up from this yeah. nightmare. The way they kept both Dean and Sam in focus with Dean being in the forefront and Sam being in the background. And every shot after that for the next 10 to 15 seconds had Dean in a real tight shot, which lends itself to the idea of being trapped by giving the audience a feeling of claustrophobia. The cinematography was so well thought out in this episode. And I'm talking things that we haven't seen in years. Yeah, that's the kind of things that were working that they were working with in this episode. Well, the nice thing with that whole sequence between Dean and Sam was that the, not just the cinematography behind the camera angles, but the lighting as well. They're both in black. It is crushed blacks. Dean is so tight frame. There's a bit of a blur to it to give you this, you know, intense, you're losing air, your, your vision starting to blur sense. And I love that of all people, Sam is the angel on his shoulder in that shot. Trying to tell him that there's another way. Don't give up. Which, by the way, I literally broke that type of shot down in my last Patreon (laughs) cinematography show. How do you do shots like that? How do you keep everybody in focus, both both the forefront and the background? Because anybody that has ever messed with a camera knows that if you don't have two subjects in a tight focus close together, one of them will be out of focus. Yeah. So what do you do? Well, there's tricks of the trade. And I will bet everything that Surge utilize a split diopter, which allows or gives the illusion of depth and allows both subjects to be in focus. Because to have a shot like that, what we had this week with Sam and Dean essentially in the same shot, is impossible not, to do. Not traditionally possible. Yeah. Yes. And that's why I felt like it was brilliant. Because they put a lot of thought into how they can do something. It's not like, well... You know, this is what we normally do. We have medium shots, close-ups, villain shots, wide shots, establishing shots, cowboy shots. Okay, well, what can we do to actually change it up? What can we do to definitely let our audience know that we are trying to say something with this whole scene? Well, let's do something that actually takes a little effort, some effort. Like, and I'm like not, not saying that all on anything and, in, in yeah, any respect. And, and right. It's not meant to sound like the cinematography never has any effort behind it. Cause that would be a complete farce. That'd be a fucking lie. But that takes a lot more time. There's a lot more planning thinking. to, to pull off what they did there, especially after, as I said before our first break, there's, there's that visual storytelling element where we have Dean's bloody hands in the dream. He wakes up, looks at his hands, blood. We see the scratching on the wall Sam sits down and talks to him over his shoulder. If you didn't have sound, you could still kind of get the general tone, the general message of that scene, which is something we don't see a lot of these days in television or movies or 
any visual medium is frankly visual storytelling. So it's not to take any credit away no. from the cinematographers and the, and the direction, but it's that they clearly put more focused effort. If anything, Thomas, it just strengthens yet again our entire love for Supernatural and why we like this episode because they're borrowing various aspects of the filmmaking process that was heavily utilized yeah. during the first five seasons. Yeah. That's why we loved almost every aspect of this episode because of that. Yeah. The artistry of the episode is very prevalent. Well, and even even later we see this same kind of idea bleed into Dean's discussion with Castiel. Those are very tight shots when they're talking about this is a death suicide idiotic move. They're off kilter just a little bit. The the Dean and Castiel are focused and and they're right there, but the background is is just a little bit off. Not quite a Dutch angle, but as if the just the background is while the foreground is is standard. Yeah. And it, and it's very tight, way closer than you need to be for a shot of two people talking in a hallway. Again, feeding into that claustrophobia. Not to take away credit from from the director, because yes, Serge is the man that's behind the camera, but let's not forget Thomas J. Wright as well. And yeah. we may very well have gotten this superb episode because Thomas J. Wright felt like it was appropriate to bring that type of artistry to an episode that is saying so much because what Eugenie Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner wrote this week is full of allegories and symbolism and what better way to make sure that comes across than use the tools at your disposal yeah and you see it throughout you see it with Sam and Dean in the you know hallway in the couches sitting again heavy shadows on opposite ends of each other with the entire concept of what they yeah. want to do going forward is just, it's strong storytelling. And all of this was used to prep the audience subconsciously for the, the tale that would unfold with this episode, with this season. And the idea of Dean being trapped would end up being the very thing that would hold the entire. So together and it's, it's directly fucking nail riveted stapled hot glue gun to every person in this story you know so kudos to buckner and eugenie ross lemming because you have nick trapped by the cop first of all trapped in his own personal hell yep. at this point trapped constantly looking for lucifer trapped in the darkness you have nick's wife trapped in the house quite literally at this point you have donatello trapped within his own body you have tony alvarez trapped with in the madness and and the the malform as Cassiel said, which I love that word, malformed, premature prophet. That that just sounds disturbing in its own right. Every single person is trapped in some way throughout these episodes, throughout these episodes, throughout this episode, and at, and and none of them. While each of them were helping us move along, we learn we get more on Donatello. He's not just like, oh, he's brain dead in a hospital. Don't worry about it. From season thirteen, <laughs> it's it's we continue that Poor story. Donatello. We continue what's going on with Nick throughout this season. We continue everyone's plot A to B to C, but it's not about them. And this is another great example of this season using characters. Supporting characters right way. to support the fucking main character. Uh, yeah, like we always uh, what? Uh, what? <laughs> what? Like we always have this conversation too. Like 
we we know that Supernatural is about Sam and Dean, and that's the most important characters on this show. Pettiwood definitely what? knows that. Yeah, and I think the <laughs> <laughs> stupid. If I was in the press, you know, conference for that when You'd Pettiwood like, said no that, shit. no, I'd be like, huh? What? When he says the franchise is Sam and Dean, huh? Really? You think? Would be, you'd be, I'd be kicked one and only interview. <laughs> <laughs> you'd get booted. Yeah, I just and I think that's the, that's our biggest. I think. I can speak for all three of us. That's our biggest pet peeve is that we get into this, this realm of like this ensemble style cast and these people show up and we, and don't get me wrong. I love Castiel. I love Crowley. And the guest spots are pretty strong. Yeah. yeah and they're, str- yeah. they're strong. But at the same time, this whole show revolves around Sam and Dean. So this, this season has been really good about keeping the focus on Sam and Dean and using, and, and, and I talked about this earlier in the pre-show using these guest spots and these characters to mirror what is going on with Sam and Dean. Cause honestly, we give a shit about Sam and Dean. That's always been his it's, strength. And, and exactly. And I think that's, what's really awesome about this episode is like you said, all the trapped everyone, all the guest spots mm. being trapped and having to figure out how to get by that and using that as a, do you as, get it yet? Everyone's trapped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah like I, I feel like, but, but at the same time though, it is relevant to their individual stories. And which that, is and why and it that's, works. And that's the genius behind all of it. Yep. Because even though it's not necessarily about them, it's about expanding upon Dean's current situation and making right. sure the audience understands what's going on. But at the same time, it's actually moving their story forward as well, yeah. which is, which is smart. And I think that's the thing that we lost, you know, a, a couple seasons ago, we, we lost that. It just, all these people started showing up for no reason. And it's like, look, that's cool. They're, that story is okay, but I don't really care. Yeah. Right? And I think that's where we, we got away from the, the the nuance of supernatural and i think now this season we're really holding on to that and and like you said mike it is actually moving their story forward too and makes their story more interesting absolutely and i think that's without the, a doubt yeah, without a doubt well, it's I, weaving your narrative together where it's not just hey here's this part and then also let me staple on some other things it's that it all works together to make a cohesive whole right and that's everybody how it helps and you know strengthen what? each other I, we keep saying this but Every episode just strengthens the idea that that somebody before the season started wrote Sam and Dean in the center of the whiteboard, the whiteboard. and said the lunch table. This is the story. Yep. Nothing ever deviates more than two inches away on my whiteboard here. And I know exactly how big two inches yeah, is. Just in case you get one thing. I mean, I had to Never mind. I'm just not. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going to go with that one. No, but you're right. It's that it all again focuses on Sam and Dean, and that's the main plot of the story. That is the story, and especially yeah. a season that's this personal to Dean's character, and and it started out very strongly to Sam as well. This really is Dean's story from Sam's perspective now, mm-hmm. with Sam it really creating does the way, hunter, yeah. the entire hunter household. And being a leader and punching Dean in this episode. Great fucking moment there. That was, but, that was really good. But seeing what Dean's going through, we don't see Dean in the bathroom having a breakdown in front of the mirror. We see Sam on the phone to Castiel. Whereas in previous seasons, we've seen Dean go behind the bathroom and punch the door because he wants Cass and Crowley back. Whereas Sam was off doing something else. We always have seen it kind of from Dean's perspective, what he's doing. And this time he is more the enigma we didn't know what he was doing with the malik box even though we saw it but we know sam was talking to mom and talking to Cass and right. 
and in charge and keeping things running. And he's where we're lear- what we already know and what we're learning through is his perspective. Yeah. It works here. And while all these other side characters are supporting characters, again, none of them really are about them. It's all about strengthening Dean's story and moving everybody into position for the rest of the season. And un, you know, naturally so, the most interesting aspect for this episode, which seems to be the most depraved, disturbing and also, part of the season. And also depressing. It fucking is, yeah, right? It's incredibly like, depressing. I don't want to jump the gun. Continue. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, the most depressing and, and interesting has been Nick without a shadow of a doubt. I find myself having sympathy for him. Is there something sympathy wrong with for me? The devil? No. Because, I mean, I don't know if it's Mark Pellegrino's performance because, dude, I want to give that guy a hug. It's going to be okay, man. When he's laying down on that bed, you know, in the hospital bed, Mm -hmm. yes, it's Lucifer almost, except a very different version. Manipulative, you know, but Mark Pellegrino does not get enough credit. No, he does not. For his acting chops. That dude can act his ass off. The thing with with Nick that that makes it understandable on why you feel bad for him because he's a human and not exactly because he's human and and because he has been overtaken by lucifer for how long now yeah and there's bound to be some sort of leftover remnant of lucifer being in his body and 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 destroying his sometimes soul. there's remnants after you've been inside of something. <laughs> I yeah, wasn't typically, gonna say it. Typically there's remnants. Well, Son that's unless bitch. you wear a, a coat. <laughs> if you wear a coat, then there's a no rem- Yeah, there's there's no remnants left. Or if you come on her face. Now <laughs> what? <laughs> wait, what? What I said? I, oh, I blacked God. out. No. Um with Nick it, it, he has that human element and you know that this character, his soul has been has been destroyed over time by yeah. Lucifer. So it, yeah. you sit here and you go, man, I feel for this guy. He, he, he's not in full control of what he's doing. There is a, there is a darkness in him that is not his fault. Well, there's a sense of, uh, okay, first off, Lucifer obviously preys on the weak. Exactly. Right? And he preyed on an individual that obviously had something. At their lowest point. At their lowest point, And there was something broken inside of him. Obviously. He's lost his safety blanket and he well, is scrambling for that sense of security and help because obviously he is way too fucking weak of a person well, to handle real life on his own. And now he needs Lucifer. It's it. OK, Ryan, I'm going to challenge you not to laugh, but it's <clears> the same concept behind that submissive role, that same concept behind somebody being with living within slavery in a mindset of if you don't have to make your own decisions life is easier in a it, way it, it's, for you it's the prison mentality where you get so you get to a point where you've been in prison so long that you're used to it and that now that you've been in jail for 30 years do. and you get released you're like i i had structure what i'm so confused absolutely and, when and no think, decisions have to be made you're, yes. I can't now make decisions. Right. You, you lose. You lose all thought process and cognitive all agency. Yep. And and all and all of your ability to be to be uh, to make like you said make decisions. An individual to, to be an individual person. And I think that's where Nick is. Nick Nick has no structure. Yeah. He has no structure in his is, life because he's the embodiment of chaos right yep. now. Mm-hmm. Violence. Death, he, he's just wandering. as bad as he's just as bad as someone who has no soul. He's 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 the Does same. He. he I mean, really, at this, at point, this point, what's point, left has been yeah. twisted. Yeah. So I think that's why, and, and then to go back to kind of circle back to what Mike said, that that's why you feel for this guy. Like, yeah. as much as it, we would think, you know, this uh, he's a bad guy, we should just get rid of him. You start to go, well, 
is he, yes, he said yes to Lucifer, but that doesn't make him a bad person per se. It just means that he was weak at that moment. And like Mike said, I um, think right now he's bad. Like, well, yeah, because right I, now, I, I yeah, think for the, sure. By the end of this yeah. episode, I think yeah. they're drawing a line in the sand. There's and, a big time line. Before yeah. it was like, is he in control of his actions? But yeah, yeah this and is he's a line. and before you could probably shrug it off and say, you know what, he was possessed, he was heavily influenced. I would even say that up until now, up until what we before the events of this episode, right. I'd say I'd even justify for him still. I would, yeah. But after he continued the to make that sentence. decision, I mean, in so many ways, Nick. Uh, and Lucifer are the polar opposite of Dean and Sam. And that was made abundantly clear in this episode when Nick had the ability to save his wife's soul and let her rest. But what did he choose? He chose himself over his family. This is quite literally the complete opposite of Dean and Sam. And in this particular situation, in this episode, Dean, Dean is prepared to be trapped for all eternity in a box to save the world and his family. Lucifer isn't even willing to give his, or I should say Nick, isn't even willing to give his wife peace by rebuking Lucifer. Something I mean, you wouldn't think would be hard. Yeah. I mean, the thing <laughs> is, I can understand Dean because there's a few boxes that I'd like to be trapped oh, in for an eternity. Oh, yes. oh, I was hoping I'd get that one out before anyone else stole that one. So happy about that. There's a, there's, I'm just saying, there's a few boxes that I'd like to be stuck in. Yeah. But I, I do agree with what you said there, Mike, that Dean, or uh, Nick was sympathetic until this episode, until yeah. that moment where she's like, just do this for me. The the one thing and he can't do it or he won't do it but that's or sh- both. And that's the sh- one of the strengths of this episode. The fact that, yes, this is moving Lucifer's story forward, but the, the, the direct parallels between the two parties, if anything, it definitely fleshes out Sam and Dean's, you know, resolve that much more. And, and as if we needed it after 14 mm-hmm. years of seeing it, they doubled down yet again and showed that contrast between the two. And that was the entire point. And I'm hoping they continue in this direction and rely on the mm-hmm. exact same parallels and contrast if they choose to keep Nick's story going. Well, one thing I, I real quick note as well, because you're right, but I, what I liked about this was with other things like the Mark of Cain, it was kind of like, oh, the Mark of Cain made me make this decision and it took away the responsibility while Nick was fucked up, admittedly so, he's been given now like two different opportunities, both when Sam and them saved him and brought him back to life, essentially from uh, Lucifer's after his death. But also when he got arrested and has an- another opportunity to like attempt a repent and a third with his wife, he may be broken. But at that point, he made the decision. Not Lucifer corrupting yep. him, not yep. it was, the, it was the, Nick, not, not Sam Lucifer. or anybody putting a gun to his head and saying, don't you want to be a better person? It was 100% on him. And at that point, he condemned himself forever. And I liked that because it was him making that choice. Well, they definitely decided to take a definitive direction Stance. with Nick because before it was very ambiguous. Okay, was this guy manipulated? Was he so influenced and damaged and broken beyond repair? Yeah. And now it, you understand fully almost why Lucifer chose Nick. It, they belong together. Yeah. Is fate. Yeah. In some respects. And, you know, the, the concept of rebuke the devil, which I chuckled just a little bit at the exact use of that word. Yeah. It was purposeful. Be, be, but it is purposeful because that's that is straight old New Testament. Yeah. Shit right there. Rebuke Satan. Yeah. You know, 
Which and, which raised red flags, but in a good way. Like, oh, <laughs> are they doing something here? Well, it, it feels more and more like Dab and the writers are setting up Sam and Dean as kind of, well, really what they talked about in season four, being messiahs. Yeah. The, the promised chosen ones that were here to save mankind. Sam himself says we're the ones who save the world. You know, normally I'd say, okay, there, you know, you're a little high and mighty on your high horse, but it's fucking true. Yeah. Yes. Come on. Maybe after season five, I'd be like, hey, t- you know, well, relax. Yeah, dial, dial it down here, like, Sam. We get it. You know, we get it. We get it. But, but it's now, been like four times yeah. now. And when you see the parallels this week and how they are really driving home the point of how different and opposite Nick and Dean and Sam really are, it becomes all the more evident. And again, to some degree, lends more credibility to Ryan's theory of these two protectors of mankind, yep. which I fucking love and also hate at the same time because I'm like, he that doesn't. You, so, th- so this, I just want to just. It's not that you came up with this, that you fucking like nailed it so early on and no one else has thought. I of just that. want this to be true because I know how much you guys rubbed it in my face that I was. The, the whole Chuck thing. I was gonna say this is gonna be your Chuck. This is my moment. this is my Chuck <laughs> no, reversal it's not because we all like your idea. And <laughs> but we're but not that's the thing. On it. But no, no, no. That, that's why it's so beautiful because I'm the one that comes up with the dumbest fucking shit on this show. But a I blind with, squirrel gets a nut eventually. But I come up with some this theory that if it becomes true, it like. I want your theory yeah, to come that. true. I want, to, I want it to so bad too. Well, and I won't even. Little... I won't rub it in because it is. It, it is. Be so good. We're gonna celebrate with you. <laughs> yeah. God. You're like, well, he is right. Hooray. <laughs> He's gonna be like going around saying "fuck you" to us. We're like, dude, we're on, we co-signed. Right. We, we, we co-signed. agree. <laughs> we're co-signed on this this thought process. Well, I mean, it goes back to season four and uh, to your theory, Ryan, the Book of Winchester, as Castiel mm-hmm. called it. Yeah. You know, perhaps another book in a God, future so version amazing. of the Bible. Who knows? And with with well, with if, Nick's, well, go ahead. No, go ahead. With Nick's deliberate failures com- compared to Sam and Dean's success, I mean, that's what is what is that if not a parable, a mm-hmm. a, bi- a biblical story on how to live your life? It very much is. That's what the Bible is. Some people yeah. want to go down a historical route and stuff like that. It's, right. it's stories on how to live your life, moral teachings. It's it's guidance. It's guidance when because like we talked about earlier, people are weak and they need guidance. And I think people don't understand that that that's that's what that's what the Bible is. It's guidance on okay, what should I do with my life in certain situations when you know confronted with a moral dilemma. Issue, yeah. This is a you should bit sacrifice of a your son for God, and then like you'll get better crops. Essentially, yeah, that's how it works. Right? <laughs> that's a story in the Bible well, somewhere. It's 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 remarkable what they've it's the managed. Story of Job. Yeah, I was gonna say I Job. The, the, like throw those children. I was combine trying to sound like an idiot. I know the actual story, but thank you. But it's remarkable what they've managed to do with Nick in just one episode. We've right. talked about his Mark Pellegrino's acting talents, but it's. Very interesting to see one guy do two different characters so very well. Yeah. The even though Lucifer and Nick are they're fair they're similar, but they're not. It's the same. funny. It's, you know what? I don't think they are. I think they are similar in the fact that they want the same things. Right. And that, they're that's selfish what I mean. But they're very, very different people. And and Mark Pellegrino plays the two characters very differently. I guess my only question here too, and this is something that I that I know the answer to, but I, mm-hmm. I would like to see established is how was nick before lucifer 
Well, if uh, Carver was still the showrunner, we would get a cool flashback. flashback. I, and, I, I, and I know how we feel about that. I just feel like... What is this? Uh, Here we are at an oversaturated family barbecue. It sounded like you were... Do- <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like you were doing the Wayne's World flashback. That's what I was doing. Look, look Nick, a rainbow. I, I just feel like... Like that would have... <laughs> I I feel like that would answer our question too about how Nick, you know, like how is he different from Lucifer? Or how is he similar to Lucifer? If you would have seen those selfish tendencies when he was Nick before mm-hmm. Lucifer, then it would make a little bit. Well, more his sense. wife seemed to have his number. She kind yeah. of. No, that's yeah. true. Yeah. So he probably was a bit selfish yeah. as as a it's, it's as a normal all person. More well. worse now at this point. Like I said, I think you had gone to the bathroom, but we actually had touched on that, Ryan. Yeah, I had to um, there's a reason why. Lucifer yeah. had chosen Nick to begin with. Right. Yeah. I mean that, that I think we all can agree on for sure. But I do love the, the messianic angle and I really hope there's a reason why they have never brought up Jesus. And even though Jesus is more new Testament and they stick more with, Old with uh, Jewish mysticism and, and the Old revelation. Testament. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's the reason why they've never gone there because Sam and Dean are surrogates. That's what they are. Maybe in the minds of the writers, that is, in fact, what they are. They I mean, are the if, true If Messiahs. John was always God, does that not make them the sons? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, Michael, Lucifer parallel as well, but we've grown beyond that. But they've, they've always drawn those parallels between John Winchester and Chuck. Yeah. So they can be Michael and Lucifer as the angelic sons, but they're still the human son as well. Yeah. And as Sam and Dean have become more and more real people. I guess in some respects, I'm a real boy. <laughs> it might make more sense at this point. <laughs> and we, and you know, th- those real moments and speaking of John Winchester, we get a great bit of Sam and Dean in this episode, not just, you know, a, a mild teaser to John Winchester's return, but seeing their very human moment in this as well does lend more credibility to the whole Messiah con- uh, concept. With John Winchester returning with the 300th episode, it was no doubt plastered over social media like a fire hose trying to put out a lit match. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I, was, I don't know why that made me laugh as much as it did, but that was that was well done, Thomas. Well, thank you. In, in this episode, they did still find if you hadn't seen that somehow, they still found a clever way to reintroduce John's name, bring him back into the story a little bit in a relevant way. Which works for when he's about to literally knock on the front fucking door next episode. And it was very well done in a very heartfelt moment within, which I thought was perfect, within Baby, within the Impala, between Dean and Sam. And it wasn't just like a a tacked on like, yo, man, he loved this weapon in (laughs) season 12. (laughs) It was Dean... You know, as Sam said, that deathbed conversation, looking back on his life and feeling regret for the to- the few times he wasn't there for Sam and imagining what it will be like when he is now gone in the future for Sam. I mean, talking it, it, about their dis- talking about their childhood in no doubt brings up John Winchester. Well, the constant despair and the constant, you know, just saying it all you know i'm sorry for that you know sammy Mm -hmm. like it just that i had our that 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 thought process of i've already given up 
like that. There is nothing I can do. I, all I can do is apologize now because there's, I'm not gonna be able to make up for it. And I, and that, that whole thought process is depressing as fuck anyways. Like just Mm -hmm. to say things like that, you know, especially with Sam knowing what now knowing what your plan is, like for you to talk like that is just it, it's a Debbie Downer, dude. Like anybody that ever well, he, he is in flat that, out gives him shit for it. Yeah, like the, anyone that's in that situation in general, like when they start talking like that, it brings everyone down. It's just a shitty feeling, and it's like it makes. I mean, it it just it sucks. sucks. It, it hurts, dude. and yes. that's why it was a a nice moment because it gets those you know Winchester sad moments that we all yep. love. Mm-hmm. Sam giving him a hard time about giving up about how he's throwing in the towel now is, is one part of it. But the other part was Sam making the claim that Dean was not only his brother, but he was always the person who was always there for him. You know, it's something going back on our retrospectives of season one, the episode 18, the Striga episode, something this way, wicked this way comes or whatever. We see Dean be that father figure. You know, right. try and cook dinner and make and make food and protect him at the same time. We always, we here, especially on the show, have always respected John Winchester for doing what he could with the cards he was dealt. But Dean does deserve some praise. It was just really brought up at season, the end of season 12 when he talks to Mary that he had to be mother and father and brother and everything for Sam. And I could see that being a very real conversation that could happen next episode with John Winchester. Like they respect them as their parents and especially Dean to John, I think. And Sam should as well at this point. I mean, he's for a long time. They were the same person. Sam is everything John was, but better. But that doesn't take away how much Dean meant to him and how much he did for him and how much he really was the parent which is is purposeful and deliberate attention to detail as we move into the return, the the family reunion episode. And I'm interested to see how that dynamic plays out. Because we've talked about on this show that too often it feels like they tried to crap on John Winchester's legacy. And I would like to see him come to the limelight and have a moment to say, I did what I could, you know, and have that kind of. I, I did the best I could. I want to hear him have. I want. I want to him hear to have a, a, his, his side of it. Yes, you know. Well, or I want Sam and Dean to, and Mary even to acknowledge that that he acknowledge did what, he, what could. he went through as well and yeah, how how he traumatized he was and the tragedy of it all. I think that yeah th- that adds because to, a lot of yeah. a lot of fans don't, aren't fair to him. And I think no, it's I'm like up. the dude raised two children the best he can after a supernatural force revealed itself to his family, murdered his wife on a ceiling, lit her ass on fire. How the fuck yeah. do you deal and with forever that? Haunted his family. How do you come compartmentalize that into your brain so you can move about a normal life? You, you don't. You fucking You don't can. go work as, at the fucking bank after that. Yes. <laughs> so this guy did You want to open a checking account or he's a fucking demons. saint in my opinion. The fact that he even did this well he did as good as he did as a parent without giving up and just, Hey, you know what? You guys are better off in a foster home or uh, you're better off with some adopted parents. No, he was, he he legitimately doesn't get enough credit. He did what he could. Bobby. I want them to put that to rest in this. I do too. In this upcoming episode. And that's not to say that Bobby didn't raise them in some respects. It's a group effort. And that, which happens when tragedy befalls a family, you have the grandmother, you have the, aunts you have cousins 
the brothers and sisters who are older. Family like me, you know, you have everyone helping. Nana, Data, Uncle Chuki, Tio Juan. They're all pitching in with with little Berta and and Alma. It happens. The group effort. It's a group effort, and again, that's not to take away. That's not to take away from Bobby's role as their father figure, and not to take away from Dean's role in Sam's, especially Sam's early days. But John was still a fucking parent who did what he could. And anybody who wants to cry foul, I think, really needs to reevaluate how good they do in that situation. Yeah. Because you don't fucking know. I'm not saying it was fair to Sam and Dean either. Because no. obviously it wasn't. It wasn't fair to anybody. It wasn't fair to anyone. You're if right. If anyone is to blame, it's that damn Lucifer. And that Azazel. damn Lucifer. It's that damn Lucifer again. <laughs> and Azazel. That damn Sasquatch. And It'll Hot be- Ruby. It'll be oh, it'll be interesting as we set up for that with this next episode. Yeah. And with within this episode though, we we usually get some new lore it seems these days. I'm happy about that. And with this it comes back to the prophets, something that we thought was a really dark step for Castiel in the previous season of just being the soldier he needed to be, doing making the tough calls had some inex- unexpected repercussions with donatello's vegetative state in that apparently that fucks up the next round of profits <laughs> if they're they're only getting half the messages is some mm-hmm. kind of dis- whispers from demons which i love that it sounded a lot like the cult it sound that's what it sounded like to me at first yeah. i loved that touch but it it did make sense at I, the same time i liked that it just it i think the cool thing about it was that when you when you sit and think about, you know, okay, but he's in a vegetative state. The next person in line to become a prophet hears things that are 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 not the whole the worst game of telephone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, the worst. Yeah, exactly. And I think, but like you said, Thomas, it makes sense. And I think that's what made the, the lore, other one still alive. Yeah, that's what makes the lore cool as shit. Is that it actually makes sense? I think that's the coolest part about it. Sometimes they they throw they throw some lore in there, and you just kind of have to swallow it. <laughs> I knew that was going to get right. that reaction, but you have to kind of just accept it and 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 move on. This one actually legitimately makes sense, and I think that's the coolest yeah. part about it. Well, you know, it's a it it. I like what Castiel said. It's something that we've talked about since like season six, mm. frankly, but the imbalance of the world mm. season six. I remember really starting to question a lot of that because they stopped the apocalypse and then fate, the sisters of fate are like, you keep fucking with things and death keeps showing up, right? you know, and then later now Billy's more, you know, the enforcer of this concept but Castiel brings it to attention. The world is in a state of imbalance. I mean, it ties directly into other things that are going on right in this season. It's it fills it feeds into you can't just jump between worlds. This things are getting fucked up the more you mess with it. The unnatural aspect, the perversion of the world of faith, of pure essence. We have Apocalypse Michael, right? who's essentially an abomination on this planet. He does not belong here. He's not supposed to be here. In any way, you have his actions of perverting monsters to make them his own little mini-me's in some ways. Right. Souped up mini-me's. You have Jack 
as an unnatural element in the universe as well, something that heaven and hell and everyone in between wanted a piece of and that also really shouldn't be here. A nicer abomination, but an abomination nonetheless. You have Nick's very essence corrupted and twisted both by Crowley and what he did to the vessel and also his own soul by the influence of Lucifer. It's fucked up and and can't be fixed, and eventually this is going to create problems. And that's what Donatello is. He literally, them not taking a full measure in that respect has created the death of two other people. In many ways, Castile, that blood's on Castile's hands. You know, but but more importantly than all of that is the admittedly very obvious allegory between Donatello's current state of brain-dead, half-alive, half-non-existent, and Dean's future of being trapped within the coffin. One's trapped in their body, one's trapped in the coffin. I, it's, it is a little bit on the nose, but it brings to light and supports the main theory or main theme in this episode, the main concept of being trapped and what is right. What is the right decision to do? Do you succumb and, and give in, give up as Dean is considering, or do you do what Sam has done forever? And even Dean called out that he needed Sam to do in season 13 and that's keep the faith. Well, I think I think the hardest thing to 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 quite to understand is that we've always seen Dean push on, no matter no matter what is going on, and even if it's not like you know on the nose, like okay, I'm going to keep persevering. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's we've always seen Dean just keep going, and we've never seen him really be down and out and just physically like I just don't you know like yeah. I just don't want to push through this. And there, and, and I think it's, we've always seen him fight and fight and fight to save Sam and to save, you know, the people that he loves and for him to kind of have this mentality where like, okay, I read this in the book that, that Billy gave me, this is my only way out. And and I think the biggest thing for me is, do we even know that Billy is telling him the truth? And I think that's the, that's the thing that in my mind, I still think she's insincere. I, I, I think, I think she handed him what she wanted him to see. Or needed, or but, needed to see. But has she done that in the past? And that's the—that's my—I don't know. And yeah. that's the thing that I—I'm—I'm I'm concerned with is that maybe she, can, maybe she cares enough to show Dean, hey, here's what you need to see as how you're going to end up, and it leads him down the path of where he need, like needs to go, because we—she clearly gives a shit, right? She saves. She saves them. She clearly cares at some point about about. She this. cares about the universe, yes. not them. That's true. I, so my my question, but she also has been known to say that Sam and Dean are very important to the universe. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing for me is 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 she telling the truth? Is she leading Dean down the right path? And but my 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 to bring it back to what I was actually originally talking about is that Dean. We've never seen Dean kind of just totally give up. There's always been that hope of like, there's something we can do. And, and we've seen it with Sam too as well. And obviously we see it in this scene with Sam way more. That's why I don't think this is actually what's happening with Dane. I feel like this is mixed direction for yep. the audience mm-hmm. that what From he Billy? saw in that book. No, I think Billy and Dean are on the same page. I think Dean knows. And just like we said last week, that it's something dealing with somebody else. And he's trying to end it before it can touch Sam Mary or Castiel. Well, let's not forget that Billy knew Crowley very well. 
And who was the best chess player of them all? Yeah. Right? But Crowley. So Yeah. So 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 what are you saying then? You're 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 siding with Ryan that she is I only showing Dean what she wants to show him? I don't believe that's the case. I wouldn't be surprised, but I, I think there's some level of manipulation, whether that is Billy manipulating Dean to drive him down the path she needs him to, because if she just told him to do it, it wouldn't work. Or whether that's Billy and Dean are on the same page and that book is about someone else and they made the decision to manipulate others to save the world. I mean, that's a possibility. I mean, it's definitely a possibility. I don't put a lot of Billy's track record is she's team Winchester because they are team universe necessity. Right. 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 And until we see otherwise, I'm not going to think differently. I, I'm going to stand by what I thought last week and that I don't think it's necessarily about Dean. I think it's about no, somebody else. And he chose to kill himself essentially in order to Save stop it else. from touching someone else that he cares about because he, yeah. I, I can't see Dean giving up. It doesn't feel consistent with what we've seen. Dean doesn't wouldn't give up for. Dean wouldn't give up, but he would give in for someone else. Yes. And that's why I have a feeling it's something very different than what we're being led to believe as an audience. And I think that would be a good season finale kind of twist. Yeah, Yeah. that'd be a good twist. What the twist? (laughs) It's actually Donatello who's supposed to die. Oh, no. Who gives a fuck? Sorry. You know, Donatello holds the whole thing about being trapped. His holes. His holes, yes. Why are, with so tubes in, at yeah, the why are you so invested in his holes? Well, you know, d- but his whole thing about being trapped between life and death is very much an on the nose parallel between Sa- or between Dean if he goes through with his plan, which gave yeah. us perhaps the greatest scene of the, well, easily the greatest scene of the episode, maybe one of the greatest ones of the season. I would, I would, ooh, that's a tough one because ooh. the moments, you know, with Jack and, and his death. I know, I know. That but, was really good. But, but seeing Sam just kind of indignantly yell at his brother, break down, punch him, cry, the whole works. Yeah. You know. No, I, I that, can't disagree that. With was that was a great fucking scene. It really was. Kudos to Jared in that, too. And you and I were talking about this off air, but we're glad that they're giving Sam some emotional moments as well this season. Because for the last couple too. years, it's been more about Dean's emotions. Yeah. Right. Those are the really powerful scenes we've seen. And I don't think and correct me if I'm wrong. You know, I 15 years of Supernatural gets all blurs at a jumbled. But but I think the last time we saw a real sad scene was when Dean died and became Demon Dean when he said, we're proud of us. Oh, do you remember that? How heartbreaking that was. So I. I don't know. I, I I think this might be some of the best scenes for for Jared in in a while. In a, in a fair amount, and of time, I'm glad yeah. because he's just as capable as 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 Jensen is. And you know, it's kind of spoiled by the news we talked about in the beginning of this episode. But I did like the little bit of a meta conversation Dean had to Sam, and then by extension us with. Yeah. You know, I I won't give up, and I will be here fighting for as long as I can. But eventually, when that time comes, you have to let me go. And I, you know, as we as fans never want the show to end. And I liked that little bit where it's like they'll fight. They'll do the show as long as they can. But I definitely read that as nothing lasts forever. And at a certain point, we 
He even says in the script, he doesn't say Cass. He says, Sam, you're going to do that, and you too. You're gonna, At some point, you're going to have to put me on the shelf. You're going to have to let me go. And Ugh. and I, I don't know whether that'll be, we don't know whether that'll be one, two, three, thirty years from now. But I did like that little that little nod to us. Not because I want the show to end, or frankly, because I think it will end, but because it makes it feel it makes the threat feel all more all the more real. You know, in season three, you don't really think that the show's gonna end and Dean's gonna get dragged to hell, but it had such an ominous dark tone to it when they played it as if this is the end for us that I liked that moment and it does it does push sam to make a tough choice when he has to get when he gets to that point may allude to events that occur at the end of the season for all we know mm-hmm. either way I, I liked that a lot so with that it's i think we should move on to final thoughts at this point ryan what did you think of this episode overall um after after last week's episode i thought this was a a very nice recovery for an episode last week that we thought was uh, not so weaker. great. Weaker, yeah, is a great way to describe it. This was a good step in the right direction, uh, leading to episode three hundred. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed the opening scene with Dean and kind of making you feel that that terrible, terrible feeling of claustrophobia. I mean, mm-hmm. the, just the way they shot it, you know, with the with the lights going out, everything about that was just disturbing. And I, I'm I'm not claustrophobic, but I know that in that situation, I'd probably be freaking out. So, oh yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. Um, as far as just the lore that we got in the episode, I I really enjoyed the lore this week, just with the prophets and and how that worked, and the fact that it actually made sense. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing for me with lore is that at some point it has to make some sort of semblance of sense in in the the realm of supernatural, or it just kind of feels lackluster to me. This was really neat that you know with Donatello being the main prophet, him being you know asleep or in the coma um, or essentially brain dead um, made the other prophet kind of hear not all of the message. And I think that right. was really cool. I, I I did enjoy that. I mean, and I'm an, I'm in, I'm in total agreement with you, Thomas. I think the scene with Sam and Dean at the end of the episode was phenomenal. Um, those two in the chemistry on screen as brothers is undeniable. You can't look at that scene and not say that they don't, if you didn't know they weren't actually brothers, like it would be very hard to not like to tell in this scene. Um, I, I, I very much am enjoy enjoyed where this is going and, and I'm even more excited for the next episode. So uh, this is an a episode for me. Um, right. I think the pacing, everything was very, very well done. Um, so a for me. All right, Mike, what about you? Final thoughts. Uh, I also give this episode an a, the episode was inspiring. I felt like they're returning to the show's roots in all aspects, not just darker themes. I, I loved what they did with it. I, I And I don't understand how you can possibly hate it. It was quite literally everything we love about Supernatural, taking everything we've come to expect and want, but making it unique for this particular episode and the current myth arc of the season. And... I mean, we did talk about cinematography quite a bit, but the use of imagery, both auditory and visual, was used to strengthen the episode's overall narrative, and it filled in the gaps of the story 
and it didn't rely on heavy exposition to convey a thought, but instead they relied on the craft of filmmaking itself yeah. to yeah. tell the story. And even though there were moments where you could point to and say, ah, that was a little heavy handed, that was kind of what they were going for. They were going for the metaphors. And it, it was all deliberate. Yeah. Yeah. And the cinematography is just, fuck, dude. It's so good. <laughs> My favorite scene besides the split diopter scene is the scene when Tony Alvarez, the the Murderer. crazy prophet, yeah. got out of his car and the reflection of the water cast like an inverted image of him walking mm. away. And I felt like that was very symbolic for something being amiss or askew, that not all is all right. So there was a lot of thought that just went into the making of this specific episode. It was fantastic. Yeah. I, I think the making of this episode is absolutely the biggest strength going for it because of the visual storytelling, the whole opening sequence between the, the Malik box and the bloody fingers scratches in the walls and the Sam on his shoulder, trying to tell him what the right thing to do when you're having a crisis of faith, which is essentially what Deans has at this episode doesn't believe that they can do it, doesn't believe he can do it, and that there's any other option. And to to have this episode parallel, yes, heavy-handed with Donatello in that whole vegetative state, halfway between heaven or life and death that Dean is going to put himself in, but more importantly, seeing how Sam and Dean don't give up and fight for each other, comparing that to Nick not making that same sacrifice... And further building on the themes of fear with the concept of being trapped and how well woven this different concepts within this episode help the season. You're right, Ryan. We had a stumble last episode. We definitely did because it just seemed too much of a a generic answer for something that seems far greater at that time. But this does seem to come back into play towards what we've been working for this whole season and it's another little building block that helps this season potentially be one of the greatest ones we've had in the last several years, if not Supernatural's better half of its run right? at this point. So it's an, it's an A episode. And with that, we got the upcoming 300th Mega Super Slam excited, bonerific, buttfuck 9000 episode. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Well-timed. Buttfuck but 9000. Ryan, can you give us a synopsis? <laughs> Do I even need to? Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. Sam and Dean buttfuck. Oh, wait, oh, no, that's oh, not. That's, that's, that's the Sorry. porn version. My bad. Sam and Dean. Look- I think there's about a good percentage of the fan base. I would actually rather see that than the return of John. <laughs> Sam and Dean look to occult lore for a solution to their latest problem, but instead of re- a resolution, they find much more than either of them had anticipated. That's it. With Jeffrey Dean Morgan's long-awaited return, I, this I feel going into this one like I did with both Baby and the Musical, which makes sense. They're gimmicky episodes, right? Which this but whether you like it or not is raggy. But I'm I'm so excited and so terrified at the same time going into this with Are you though? John Winchester, dude. I'm gonna be fucking excited, but I'm like, please don't fuck the whole time I'm gonna be it'll be like watching Game of Thrones. I'm like, just please don't fuck it up. Please, please don't, don't fuck it up. up. Please, please don't, don't fuck, fuck this up. up. Yeah. More than any other show I can think of in recent memory. Oh, and we man. got Robert Singer directing, we've got Meredith Glynn and Andrew Dabb writing. I love one of those people. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> 
So dab, you love dab. Yeah. Which means you lag. Uh, you wanna touch me? Oh, ooh. God, the way you said that was we, horrifying. We got feed tacos in my set. I put tacos <laughs> right on my taint. You can touch them. Oh, Jesus, why? God. Why there? <laughs> the way you said why. <laughs> why? <laughs> you feel jealous of my extended table. I use the whiteboard oh. and a table to eat. Oh. Come over to my side and let you use it. Oh. Plenty of space. <laughs> What the fuck? I I think everyone's looking forward to this episode without a doubt. So D- Dab's hungry, hungry buffet. It's, not it's that episode. It's not. It's oh, a thing. oh God! It's hungry, hungry buffet. A Jesus perverted Christ. version of hungry, hungry hippos. Good lord! All right. So when we come back, it'll be the three hundredth episode discussion. Everyone's waiting for. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you in about a week. Hey, we'll see you in a week. We can eat, and I'll eat, and we'll all eat. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.